Have you thought about becoming a career coach, but not sure what it's really like? Not sure how to get started? Well, we've got you covered. Let's drop into this week's conversation of how to become a career coach. Welcome to How to Become a Career Coach. Sarah Johnston is with us today, and I'm so excited to have her be able to share her story and her journey. And welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. So have I. And partially because I don't know all of your story, but what of what I do know of it is really interesting, really amazing. And we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about your personal journey to becoming a a coach and what that's looked like for you. And here's what I'm really curious about. Where did that actually start out for you? What was some of the initial interest that led you down the path? How did that happen for you, Sarah? That's a great question. Well, you know, it really started early on. When I was in college, I took a class um, and it was kind of like a pre-master's program class where we had to work on an end-of-the-year paper. And as part of my end of the year paper, I described my career passions as wanting to help individuals find careers where they thrive. And I said that as a 21-year-old and ended up going and finding a lot of satisfaction in a career in recruitment. And recruitment was, was fun. It was exciting. I loved the hunt of finding that purple squirrel candidate. <laughs> yes, the purple squirrel. <laughs> yeah, but deep down, like I always wanted to work individually with people and help people meet their individual goals versus the company's or corporation's goals. And interestingly, I've actually never shared this publicly, but I'll tell you, probably about five years into my career, I reached out to a career coach and she had a thriving business in the Southeast. And I asked her if she would be interested in having somebody on her team. And she gave me the opportunity to be a free intern for her. And here I was, I was making really good money. I was traveling a lot in my my role. I was probably making around $90,000. And I took this free internship on the side to work for this lady to learn how to be a a career coach. And at the end of this internship, I asked her, I said, you know, is is there an opportunity for me to work with you? And she kind of like scoffled at me and was like, well, in order for you to work for me, I need you to get this $10,000 International Coaching Federation certificate and do all this continuing education before you can have an opportunity. And that was stifling to me. It was very disappointing. And so I spent the next couple of years like really thinking about how I could get into this world because yeah. it's something that I wanted, but yeah. it just seemed like it had a high price tag. So I, I think I found a little bit of a back doorway. That is that's super interesting. First of all, the simple fact that you're earning ninety thousand dollars plus you are for all intents and purposes, in a career, and then you take on this internship. Tell me a little bit more about what caused you to do that. Because first of all, that's not something that people normally do. However, what I've realized is that uh, the things that people normally do are often not the things that lead to successful career coaches or career coaching businesses. So I love that. Why did you decide to do that? Well, I didn't leave my full-time job. So I did this on the side. Yes. Um, it was very important for me to get some experience and kind of see firsthand what she was about and what she was doing. I learned that her biggest value was that she could generate leads. And that was something that I realized I needed to figure out how to be able to acquire clients and because that was where she, she was really successful. Yeah. What happened 
after that point. You had this really stifling experience, as you called it. And yeah, you'd <laughs> I would imagine built all this trust and credibility with her as you worked with her. And then at the end of that experience, she essentially in some ways slams the door in your face a little bit, but in a different way than what you expected. So now you're faced with this dilemma of how do I do this without the, you know, ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollar price tag attached to it? What happened from there? What did you do? You know, I think that the theme of my career and the thing that I tell clients a lot is that careers are a marathon and not a sprint. And so I had this desire to be a career coach, and it was something that I really wanted. And in fact, made a website three years before I launched my own business because it was something I had been thinking about. Yeah. But I continued on the path that I was on and continued to work as a recruiter and continued to do the work that was really comfortable until I felt like I had the confidence to take that leap and kind of dive head first in, into entrepreneurship. So tell me about that then. What are some of the key events that led up to you having the confidence to take that leap? What did that look like? I had a job that I really liked. I was working in Ohio. My husband had a, a job that required us to move every couple of years. And I had gotten a job in Ohio as a recruiter for Nationwide Children's Hospital. Yeah. And from a lot of people's perspective, it was a great job. And from my perspective, I loved working there. I had a great boss. I was doing meaningful work. I was recruiting people to serve children. So, you know, very good job. Yeah. But I had my second daughter and I was paying $148 a day for daycare. And when I did the math and thought about what I was investing for me to go to work every day, and it wasn't just childcare, it was clothing, it was transportation costs, it was technology, time, I mean, it was all the costs associated with going to work. And that was about $200 a day for me to leave my home and go to an office job. And then there was this aha moment of, I could be investing that in myself and in my business. And even if I, didn't make a lot in my first year or didn't make a lot in my second year, it was still my business. And I was still doing it for myself and doing work that I really wanted. So ultimately it was having my second kid that kind of pushed me and gave me that drive to start something for myself. It's really interesting how those, not necessarily external events, but for lack of a better phrase, external events can cause you to rethink everything in some ways. And I love how you used that as a, as a catalyst. Once you started really getting familiar with those numbers, use that as a catalyst to say, well, maybe it could be different. Yeah. What do you think? So along those same lines, then what do you feel like qualifies someone to be a career coach or what qualifications do you feel like someone needs to have in order to be not just a career coach, but a really, truly effective career coach? That's an interesting question because I think people define it differently. Yeah. And the person that I talked to, you know, five years ago wanted me to have this big certification. I don't have that. And I think I'm an incredibly effective job search strategist. I think yeah. I know my lane. And my lane is helping people get from point A to point B. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a mental health coach. So I know my lane. What I think qualifies me to be a really good career coach is just a commitment to lifelong learning. 
I read about an hour a day and I'm very committed to reading the latest journals and business reviews. I think that being a master of your craft is so important. I'm engaged in career thought leaders and other organizations that promote quality coaches and have lots of training. And, and I subscribe to your, your newsletter and your content and follow all the work that you do and other really good coaches do. And I, I mimic a lot of that. And then I think also experience. I Because my husband has had a job that's moved us every couple of years, yeah. I've had to look for jobs in completely cold markets and have thrived doing that. So I think personal experience has helped me as well. I couldn't agree more with taking those steps to become, you called it a master of your craft. And I, I think in reality that in any area, any industry, any profession, occupation, whatever, there are only so many people that take those steps to become a master of your craft. So kudos to you for for doing that. And also, uh, thank you for the kind words. I didn't actually realize that you followed our our work. So very much appreciate that. And yeah. at the same time, I love that you're sharing that because again, you know, you and I had a chat before we pushed the record button here. And we were talking about how there are just multiple ways, multiple paths to get to the same thing. But the reality is all of them involve becoming a master of your craft in one way or another. What do you feel like for you has been the hardest thing in this journey, the hardest thing in becoming a career coach? And as you said, your lane is job search strategy, right? I think the business side of being a career coach has been hard for me, just transparently. When I first started, I was undervaluing my worth and I wasn't charging enough. And I still feel like that's an area of opportunity for me. I can be a bleeding heart and I want to help people. And I care deeply for the people that I work with. But at the same time, I have to remind myself regularly that I am not a nonprofit, this is not volunteer work, and that I have to charge for the work that I do for people. And so, you know, I have paid for several services that have helped me know the best pricing models, and that's been really beneficial to me. And sometimes I have to give myself a script when I'm talking to people so that I don't go down on what I know that I'm, I'm worth when I'm having a conversation with people because I, I, I do empathize with their situations. When you... So <laughs> cannot be a... <laughs> you are not a charity. And one of the interesting things that I found is the better that you do in your business, the more that allows you to give to others, whether give in terms of time or give in terms of money. So ironically, by <laughs> doing better in your business, you put yourself in a position to to offer more charity in one way or another. So really love that you're making that point. I am really curious for you, how did you get your first paying clients? What did that look like? Your first one or two or three paying clients? Could you take me through that in a little bit of detail? What's the story behind that? How did that happen? I did everything that I could to get the message out for free. So yeah. I created a Yelp page, a Yelp business page which ironically got me my first client. Interesting. I 
created a Facebook page. I let all of my network know the, the work that I was doing. And then I also put myself out there on LinkedIn and made my profile so that I was able to qualify for ProFinder. And I did do ProFinder on LinkedIn for probably the first six months to help me get some new clients. For people who are not familiar with ProFinder, can you tell a little bit about what that is? It's actually a really great tool for new career coaches because they give you leads. LinkedIn gives you leads. And it's often people who are new to career coaching who are just kind of wanting to see what a career coach can do for you. Yeah. Often they're early career professionals that are looking for coaching. And it was just a great way for me to get my feet wet. So what's the story behind how did how did a Yelp page turn into your first client? That uh, doesn't necessarily sound intuitive when you first explain that. There's got to be a story behind that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I created this Yelp page for myself. And like maybe two weeks later, this older gentleman gives me a call and he says, I found your page on Yelp and I've heard great things about you. Your name is getting around. I've heard you've helped so many people. And I think you can help my son. And so, I was sitting there thinking, my name's getting around. I don't, think, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think he knows who he's talking to. But anyways, I entertained the conversation and turns out his son was down on his luck and he had three or four children and was out of a job. And this man wanted to pay me to help his son find employment. And because I mentioned that early on, I struggled with charging my worth. I think I charged this man $150 for 10 hours of job search support for his son. Wow. But really it yeah. was more of, I wanted to validate what I could do. And I gave his son everything. And in a month, this man got a job and is able to provide for his family. And I think that even though I basically, and I'll just say it bluntly, got paid crap for that. It was personal validation that the work that I could do is, valuable and is meaningful and that other people needed my services. And I kept that in my mind for a long time. And so I just thought about that client. Like I helped this man provide for his kids and I can do this for more people. And that kind of fueled me for the first six months of of starting my business. You touch on something that doesn't get talked about almost anywhere is what I found. We, we actually spend a lot of time in our professional career coaching training programs. We teach about that, but I've rarely found this concept of charging for your first client. I see so many people out there like, charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth. But the fact of validating, as you said, validating that this is work that I can do and having had a conversation where you receive money and value in exchange for career coaching for those types of services, I find is way, way more value than if you received, I don't know, say $100 per hour or you know $150 per hour or pick a number in there. It really doesn't matter. I think that that first interaction at any price point and having that exchange is so far beyond value of worrying about charging the perfect amount or anything else, just getting to that first paying client. So I appreciate you pointing that out. How did it sounded like clients two and three maybe happened slightly differently then? I would say that for the next few clients, they were mostly through ProFinder. Yeah. And again, it was more about building my confidence as a coach and not necessarily the clients I was working with, but 
feeling out my process, getting my systems in place, learning how to, and this sounds crazy, learning how to build somebody, learning how to create a contract between you and a client, learning which language you want to use in your emails. All of that was stuff that I worked out in my first few clients. I didn't have it all figured out. I mean, I hate to say this when I launched my business because a lot of these were issues that just kind of came up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's say for a second that you had to go back and do it all over again. And you had just, instead of years, just three months to start your business and get into career coaching. What would you recommend to someone in that particular situation? Where, where would they focus their time or energy or what advice would you give them? There's a lot of free advice out there and a lot of noise. I would hire someone who has done this before, who has proven that they can get clients and they've worked with people and have them give you their systems, pay them for their systems, pay them for their contracts. Because the contracts I had when I started are different than the contracts I have now, and they're going to be different than the contracts I had in the future. You want to work with somebody who has had all the issues happen and can help you prepare for those issues. So hire somebody who's done this and let them teach you their systems. That's number one. And then number two, I would figure out how you're going to get clients. This is a sales business. I mean, I'm helping people, but if I couldn't sell, I wouldn't be successful. So figure out what your method for selling is. Where are you going to get clients? For me, it's been content marketing. That's been one of my biggest drivers for clients. But for other people, it's Facebook ads, it's ProFinder, it's referrals. I mean, you've got to figure out what works for you. And if you don't have that in place in the beginning, it it may take you a lot longer to get growth. The clients don't just come. They don't just find you a lot of the times. Maybe your first one did because you were you were apparently everywhere on the Yelp page and beyond. But uh, it, normally, they don't necessarily just find you. You're going to, to your point, Sarah, you're going to have to do something to figure that out and have a plan and have a strategy. Otherwise, it's not going to happen in the way that you want it to. No. Any other overall advice? Let's say that you're back in that situation where you're on the beginning stages of of building a business. Anything else that you would have wanted somebody to tell you at that point in time (laughs) to kind of grab you by the shoulders and say, absolutely, think about this? You know, I am still fairly new as a business owner. I am just under three years of running the briefcase coach. So I think if you were to ask somebody with 15 years or 20 years of experience, they're going to give you a different perspective than me. I'm still in the grinding time where I don't have 20 years of client referrals that I can count on. I am still working hard for my leads. So I think what I didn't realize when I started this is that the business wouldn't just come. It's a constant effort to put yourself out there and to be visible and to be top of mind for people and and that there is a lot of competition. You've got to figure out a way to differentiate yourself and provide the very best client experience so that people will want to send you referrals and that they will be proud to refer you to people. Could you share, if you don't mind, some of the ways that you've differentiated yourself? Because I think you've done a great job in a few different ways 
And that's honestly, that's part of the reason how I came across your work. And part of the reason why I wanted to connect with you too is because of some of those ways that you've differentiated yourself. Would you mind sharing for just a moment some of the steps that you've taken? I think I'm a high touch person. And I hope that people who work with me know that I genuinely care about them. For some people, for some career coaches or resume writers, the work ends when the payment ends or when the assignment is over. But I think that what differentiates me is that even if our coaching is over, even if you've landed the job, I'm going to touch base with you and just see how you're doing. And I think that does a couple of things. One, people like hearing from you, right? Like they like that touch point, but it also reminds them of, hey, Sarah did good work for me and I, job seekers know other job seekers. So that's a great way to also get referrals as well. So I'm a high touch person. My clients have my cell phone number. They can email me. I think what else I do and it's something I strive for is to produce quality content. I'm a no fluff person. You're not going to see me posting or creating content that's like puppy dogs and bunny rabbits, like, you know, for likes, like that's just not me. I want to consume good stuff because I want to attract clients that are like-minded who are intelligent and high achieving. So I try to produce content that is consumable. It's practical, but it's also based in research, which is part of the reason when I read an hour a day is so that I can produce content that's quality and that I can speak to the clients that I want to work with in an educated and, and best practice manner. You know, it's interesting too. And I'm just going to assume that part of this is intentional and part of it just gets baked into your branding based on who you are. But I think that high touch comes across just in the verbiage and word choice that you use, whether it be you know, you're putting a post on LinkedIn or you have something on your website. And that's one of the perceptions that I got as I came across some of your work early on. I guess maybe this was six, seven, eight months ago, something along those lines. So I think that that gets represented really well and baked into your brand in that way too. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Meant to be a compliment in many different ways. And I just wanted to say thank you for coming on, sharing your journey. I appreciate it because even though you're not, you know, 27 years into this uh, into this business, I think that you've done something special early on and that's that's showing through and I really appreciate your perspective on this. Yeah, of course. I'm so honored. Thank you. Where can, if people are interested in your business and want to know more about you and your journey, how can they find out more? Where can they go? So my website, www.briefcasecoach.com is a great place to find me. I am also on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. But then I also wanted to put a plug in for something new that I'm working on. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I am launching with four other career coaches, a website called Job Search Secret Weapon. And we are trying to target professionals who maybe can't afford one-on-one -on -one job search coaching, but who need quality job search services and resources. So we're trying to build a community for job seekers through Job Search Secret Weapon. I'm working with Adrian Tom. Ana Lokotova, Virginia Franco, and Maureen McCann. And I'm, I'm really excited about our launch in January. Very cool. 
Right. If you want to know more, go check out those three different locations and absolutely connect with her on LinkedIn. She puts out amazing, amazing stuff every single time, every single interaction. So really appreciate it. Thank you again for sharing. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks for listening to How to Become a Career Coach. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast player. For more resources, go to becomeacareercoach.com. Thank you.